I'm continuing, amen, preaching and teaching about prayer, amen. Everyone say prayer. prayer. That's not the title of my message today, but you're going to see it, amen, before I'm finished, hallelujah, amen. I'm thankful that I can be in the house of God. Amen. I missed being in prayer last night, but I thought, you know, it's nasty enough and cold enough that I, I think that we could probably just stay home tonight and get ready for tomorrow and shovel walks, and and uh, so that's what we did. Amen. Thank you to all of you that, amen, helped clear walks. Amen. Get buses ready. Praise God. You said, well, they didn't run, Pastor. Yeah, I know it. They will next week, though. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I'm probably more aware of what's going on than what you think. Amen. And uh, if I'm squinting today, it's because of God's bright sunshine out there. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All of you are in the shadows this morning. Uh, not really, but for me, amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly, everyone say steadfastly, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in, everyone say together, prayers. Praise God. Praise God. And in prayers. Let's all talk. Talk to the Lord right now. Ask God to help us. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word that's anointed. God, I thank you today, God, for your people that are gathered here. God, for the ones that are not here, I ask you, God, that you would touch them today by your spirit. God, whether it's sickness, God, whatever the issue is that they're not here, help them right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that I feel right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, let's just love him. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Lord. I praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your holy name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I was thinking about a lot of things before stepping to this pulpit. Amen, but I feel like God, amen, wants to his church to know, amen, that living for God is not a matter of perfection, but a matter of maturity. Amen, and I believe that as we mature in Christ, amen, the things of yesterday that are hindrances, that we leave them behind. Amen. Laying aside, amen, every weight and sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience 
the race that is set before us. Amen. There is a race that we are in today. It's not a race against a fellow uh, brother or sister in the church. Amen. But the race uh, is our walk with God. And it's not to the swift. And uh, a lot of times, you know, the Bible seems to be very paradoxical or not really contradictory, but it makes you scratch your head and say, okay, now why was that written as a race? And then it says the race is not to the swift. And so we look at these things in the Word of God and we understand that we walk with God. We walk by faith and not by sight. That, we, that, our, that the race is really, it is, a, it is a relationship, it is a walk. And so the walk is not just necessarily, necessarily a physical walk, but it is a, it is a relationship uh, uh, type of walk with God. How many is with me here? And so almost the walk is more figurative, the walk is more... Uh, 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 descriptive of how we should live for God. It's not a, oh, let's hurry, 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 hurry because we're trying to get to heaven, but it's building a building. It's building a walk with God. It's making our calling and our election sure. Well, praise God. Amen. There's some things in your walk with God that you've got to be sure of. You cannot... Amen. Question, uh, you can't be uh, saying, well, I'm not sure about this. You've got to be sure about it. Amen. Amen. And so uh, my, my purpose, God, I felt like during December, God dealt with me uh, for this church to teach and to preach about uh, prayer. Amen. Our walk with God. Uh you know, I, I feel like fasting is very important, but um, prayer and fasting is something that we do uh, that is that is a consistent basis. And and I, I've talked to many uh, men of God about this. And fasting, you read about uh, the 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 long fasts in the Word of God, forty days, and and you read about Daniel doing a twenty-one day fast and. And uh, but you read probably more about people fasting three days, or just simply talking about fasting. And so fasting is something that we will deal with. But uh, don't tr- don't try to kill yourself fasting. Be consistent with God. To walk with God. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. And so the church, Amen, is a body of believers. Uh, the church house is the structure that we meet in, but the church is you. Everyone point your finger at yourself and say, I'm the church. You're the body of Christ. This building is not the body of Christ. The church, people, amen, physical human beings, breathing people are the body of Christ. The body of Christ, praise God, Amen. And so the Greek word for church is ecclesia. Everyone say ecclesia. Uh, you might want pen and paper. I've got a lot of notes here today. Uh, I don't intend to be long, but I do intend to give to you what God has been dealing with me about. Uh, the word ecclesia is a calling out. Everyone say, I'm called out. It's a popular meeting, especially a religious congregation 
Jewish, Jewish synagogue or Christian community of members on earth or saints in heaven or both, assembly, church. Praise God. Thank God for the church. Amen. Amen. If you turn in your Bibles to Second Peter, First uh, uh, Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, I didn't write this down in my notes, but I feel like it's very uh, relevant to what we're going to study here today and preach about. Uh, Peter wrote that, that we are called out. Everyone say called out. Amen. But ye are a chosen generation. A chosen generation. So when Peter wrote this, he was not writing this just to that generation. But he was writing it, if you'll read that, the Word of God is written in, the Word of God is in some areas is written specifically to a era of time or a, or a space of time. And it's very plain that it's, it's understood that it's written to those people. Now we can still draw spiritual correlations and spiritual benefits or, or instruction from that, but there's places in the scripture that is written that is to all generations. Jesus, he said this truth will be preached to all the world and then shall the end come. When is that time coming? No man knows the day nor the hour, but it will happen. Amen. The rapture will happen. Praise God. Amen. But it says you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood. That's why we conduct ourselves, uh, amen, with top-notch actions that glorify God. Some of you have fallen asleep on me this morning. Don't fall asleep yet. Praise God. I got you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Don't worry. I won't. I, some of you won't be like Eutychus this morning and fall out the window. Amen. I'm gonna have a good time this morning. Hallelujah. But it says we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We're a holy nation. You know when when something becomes a nation, it has it has succeeded from. A, a, a body of, or a group of thought. And when I came into the church, I left the world. You say, well, you never were in the world, but there was a day that I received the Holy Ghost and I was baptized in Jesus' name and it drew a line in the sand. And at that day, I said, hey, young person, you say, well, I've, I've always been in the church, pastor, amen, but there was a day that you had to draw the line in the sand and say, okay, I'm serving God because God's given me the revelation uh, that he's filled me with the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, that he's, he's, he's remitted my sins in water, uh, amen, I've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of sins, uh, and when that day happened, uh, you became a holy nation. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad that I can be holy before God, that this isn't something that I just do in church, a way that I act in the, in the sanctuary, but when I walk through the doors of my house, I'm still part of the holy nation. I am holy unto God. Hey Amen, I'm holy. And I don't say that self-righteously, but I, I strive to please God. 
I want to be the friend of God. And I'll tell you something, the devil will fight you in your walk with God and you can't fight it in yourself. You got to do it in the Holy Ghost. Amen, that's why you got to pray through. Amen, that's why you worship God. That's why you're a witness. Amen, that's why you repent. Is because you are the holy nation that God has set apart. You can, guarantee, you can guarantee when the devil comes by, oh man, you don't have to do that to live for God. You don't have to, you don't have to go to church all the time to live for God. Oh, I'm going to blow a hole right in that today. Oh, by the word of God, by the scripture. Oh yeah, I'm going to preach it, but I'm going to show you in the scripture why it's so important to come to church. Amen. That old devil, he said, well, Brother Ethan and Brother Judah, that's, you can't find that anywhere in the Bible. You know, when I got the Holy Ghost, God gave me conviction. And it may not say in the Bible, thou shalt not smoke a cigarette. But it tells me to be a steward over what God's given to me. And lighting something on fire is taking what God's given to me and lighting it on fire. And then... It should be enough when you read on the package the Surgeon General's warning that this product will cause cancer. That you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hey, I'm not preaching to one person. I'm preaching to everybody in here today. I'm preaching to a whole bunch of people here today that the devil's tried to come to you and tell you, oh, you can smoke cigarettes. You can, you can dip snuff. Uh, hey, man, you can do it. Oh, no, you can't. Uh, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you're a holy nation. Uh, you've come out of the world, uh, and therefore God set you free from that addiction and from that bondage. I don't even drink a little wine for the stomach's sake. That made my ear itch. I don't even drink a little NyQuil. I was reading that one day, and there's a large percent of alcohol in it. I was like, what in the world? I've never bought any since. He said, well, pastor, I took some last night. Well, read the bottle. Oh, I'm not looking at anybody. I can't see anything anyhow. The snow's so bright this morning. You think I'm kidding. You stand up here when, on Sunday morning to preach when there's snow outside. It's bright. And so we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. I've had people tell me on the job, they say, yeah, you go down to that church where they make you pay your tithes and your offerings. And I'm like, first of all, that's a foolish statement because there's nobody that makes me do anything. 
I do it because I love God. I do it because God's word says the tenth belongs to him. And I've told him, I said, you know, you may say that you don't pay tithes and offerings. Hey, this is in my notes. You can look. I didn't write this down. You may say you don't pay tithes and offering, but you really just pay it to another God. When you buy your alcohol and you buy your Cox cable and you buy all those things that really will do nothing for your soul. Come on, somebody. It will take your soul to hell. Amen, but you're just paying it to a different little G-O-D and I pay mine to a God that never fails. Amen, the God that's forever, he doesn't change. He's been the same yesterday, today and forever and I still, I'm still gonna pay my tithes and offering no matter what. The first thing I do every week is pay my tithes and my offerings. And if you don't think I do, go ask my pastor. Call him on the phone and ask him. I'm very accountable to him. Well, praise the Lord. I don't know. This, this wasn't in my notes, but here we are. The devil will come to you and tell you, oh, you don't need to get so involved. You get so involved, you won't have time to do anything for yourself. Well, wait a minute. This isn't about me. This is about the house of God. This is about the people of God. This is about souls. I left that life behind a long time ago. Hey Amen. I'm not just going to the house of God to show up. I'm going to the house of God to see what God's getting ready to do. Hey Amen. I want to be part of the kingdom of God. I want to see God's work. Hey Amen. I want to see his deliverance. And I can't see God's deliverance sitting in my little bitty four square home. Praise God. Well, here we are. We're the church. We're the church. Hallelujah. We're a holy nation. We're set apart. We're not like everybody else. My wife and daughter got out of the truck yesterday and I saw a man, he, they, they weren't looking at him lustfully, but they, they looked at them because of their dress. Holiness starts on the inside and it manifests itself on the outside. We don't get holy on the outside to get holy on the inside. You get full of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost will cause you to be holy. Amen. The Holy Ghost will change your way of thinking. Amen. The Holy Ghost. Oh, you say you, you're brainwashed. Thank God my brains have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. That I don't think the way I used to think. That the, hey, this world, the only thing that they're concerned about is what's happening next. But I'm concerned about what God's doing next. Well, praise God. Praise God. I thank God for what he's doing. We're the church. Where does God do it at? Among his people. God moves among his people. 
When I see people run the aisle and worshiping God, amen, lifting their hands in the sanctuary, talking in tongues, amen, I see God moving. I see God working. The wind bloweth where it listeth, thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell from whence it cometh and whether it goeth. Amen. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Amen. You see the effects of the wind. You see the wind-driven snow. You see the wind drifts. How did it get that way? It came from the wind. Amen. How are the people talking in tongues? How are they worshiping God? Why are they running the aisles? It's because that's the effect of the wind. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. It'll change your life. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise God. We're doing good, I can tell. Hallelujah. We are the church. John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, the holy nation, a purchased people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness. We're called out, the church, ecclesia, called out of darkness, called out of darkness. The devil tries to keep you in darkness. Jesus said the reason why men love darkness rather than light is because their deeds were evil. You go into a beer joint and the lights are not bright. It's almost dark in there. Because somebody's hoping that somebody won't recognize them sitting with somebody else's wife or husband. I'm looking at everybody here today. And so that's why we get out of darkness. You know where fear is at? In darkness. How are, how are people controlled? By fear. If you haven't figured that out since April of 2020, uh, you're missing something. How are they controlling this world right now? Fear. This disease, that disease. You know what? Has everybody, you, everybody in here want a revelation? Are you sure about this? You're going to die sometime. So you might as well live life and live it more abundantly in Jesus Christ. Hey man, hey, I'm not letting this world control me by fear. Hey man, when I go to meet Jesus Christ, when he calls my name, I'm going. Hey man, I can't stop that day. I can't stop that time. And so, hey church, don't live in fear. Hey man, I said perfect love casts out all fear. Hey man, God is love. And so my God cast out fear. I'm not stupid. I don't go hang out at Hutch Clinic or Hutch Hospital. 
But I'm not going to stay home just because somebody might be sick. I'm living for God. Praise God. Well, that wasn't in my notes either. And it says here, now listen to this. Jesus came to him on the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for what? They were assembled for fear of the Jews. Came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, notice what Jesus said, they had fear of the Jews. I'll promise you if, if, if Hutchison, Kansas or some city official took me out and crucified me outside of town, this church would be, become fearful. Jesus said, if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. That's why you ought to pray for your pastor. The devil hates me, but I'm still going to preach it. Amen. And so Jesus, notice what Jesus came and said to them. This is John 20 and 19. He stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Peace. There's, there's a lot to be said about that word peace. Jesus said, peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. Not as the world giveth. I'm not giving you peace like the world gives. Romans 14 and 17 says, But the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. I don't look for righteousness to be self-righteous, but I do want to be right concerning the things of God. I want to live for God right. I don't want to live for God wrong. I want to do it right. And so the Holy Ghost will lead you, howbeit, Jesus said in John 16 and 13, howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you into what? All truth. And so when you get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to lead you and guide you. If the Holy Ghost isn't leading you and guiding you, there's another spirit that's leading and guiding you. Acts 20 and 7, it says upon the first day of the week, Jesus appeared to them on the first day of the week. Acts 20 and 7 says that upon the first day of the week, what's the first day? It's the day after Sabbath. We call it Sunday. It wasn't called Sunday then. Praise God. Can somebody grab me a handkerchief here? One of you. Thank you. <clears throat> Acts 20 and 7, and upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until when? Midnight. He preached a long time. We're not going to get stuck there today. But upon the first day of the week, 1 Corinthians 16 and 1, it says, Now concerning collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you 
lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. He said, look, he said, your consistency in your tithe and your offering on the first day of the week is when God's going to pour out his blessings is it the commandment of God? You're to bring it to the storehouse. Amen. That you shouldn't have to have a special offering every time I come. You ought to be given to God consistently. Amen. Amen. Uh, Malachi chapter 3. Amen. Says, where have we robbed thee? It's, he said, in tithe and offering. Then he said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Where's the storehouse? Right here. Amen. He said, and he said, improve me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, uh, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and what? Pour you out a blessing. I'm going to drill some holes in the top of this. And he didn't say sprinkle. Sister Sharon knows what I'm doing. She, she saw it growing up. Don't, don't get quiet on me. Amen. You say, what are you preaching about, Pastor Kicker? I'm preaching about the house of God. I'm preaching about when we're coming to church. Some of you are saying, well, it says on the first day of the week, why do we have church on Wednesday? Well, let's read about that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 not forsaking. Hey, you know what Jesus said? He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down. Shaking together. And running over. Now does that verse stop right there? No. It says, shall men give into your bosom. That's what Jesus said. Read it. Can you put that on the board for me? It doesn't say that Pastor Carrick will give into your bosom, that God will give into your bosom, that we're going to take up a collection and help everybody out here and help everybody out there. There's a time and a place for all that. But God says, when you give and you give it to me, press down, shaking together. Somebody look that up, make sure that's in red, red letter. Luke 6 and 38. I want to make sure Jesus said that. Anybody have that reference yet? This is a sword drill. Is that a red letter? Right there, I see it. Okay, I didn't want to, I didn't want to lie in the pulpit. It says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Now, you just, you just close your eyes and plug your ears if you don't like this next statement. But I give about $5 to Salvation Army. You say, Pastor Character, that's another church. I know, I know, I know. But they give to a lot of people. And I'm saying this to make a point. No, I don't support Salvation Army. But they do, they do uh, a work that not a lot of people do. You hearing me? But it says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. They, they have figured out the word of God. 
J.C. Penney, you read his, uh, his, his, record, his recorded history, his autobiography, his uh, notes. That there's, I've looked it up online, and he believed in giving tithe. And he wasn't an apostolic. I'm not sure what he was exactly. He's a Christian. He was a Christian. He believed in God. And he gave, he believed in paying his tithe and his offering. And I don't know why I keep hitting this, but here we are. You can look at my notes after church. I promise you it's not in there. And that man was blessed. He was blessed and blessed and blessed. And so when I put money in that kettle, really they're being blessed because of this scripture right here. When you give something to somebody, you're, you're going to be blessed by God. But when I pay my tithes and my offerings, it goes way higher. All of a sudden, I've stepped out of just the natural abilities of what that dollar can do, and I've given it to God. And God, he said to that young man, he says, uh, you want to give your five loaves and two fish? And he handed it to Jesus, and he said, absolutely. And what did Jesus do with it? As Jesus prayed. He prayed for the food, he blessed it, and then he began to break it. How many's ever read that in your Bible before? And he didn't do it just once, he did it twice. And I feel like because of that young man's faith, there was someone else that went to the gathering with a lunch and they were just waiting hey man and there was another one that said hey I'll give my lunch because we want to see Jesus do the miracle again and Jesus broke the fish and the bread and he fell he fed 5,000 the first time of just the men hey man and there were women and children hey man and the second time he fed more than that hey man thank God for the miracles that God can do because when you give it to God it doesn't matter how little that it is God takes it he blesses it and then he multiplies it. Look at what the kingdom of God has done. Amen. Across this globe. Amen. Look at what this church has done. I'm preaching to your faith right now. Amen. That there's a revival happening. Amen. Across the globe because of people that believe that God can do anything and he does it through me. Oh, we ought to praise God right now. Hallelujah. You're the church. You're the church. Says there, what does it say? Shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The next time the devil tells you, oh, you can't afford to pay your tithes and offerings, say, but just a minute, devil, I've got this marked in my Bible. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. And I believe the word of God over anything the devil tells me. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. I'm preaching to you that we're the church. We're the church. We're the church. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, that's where I was going. And when I, I, got, I got hung up there, God must have wanted to, somebody to have that this morning, that blessing. I'm thankful for the blessings of God. Hebrews 10, 25 says, 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. But exhorting one another. My son Joel was telling me of churches in Chicago that at one time ran 1,500, many of them. And now because of COVID, they have just now opened back up because of fear. And less than half of 1,500 people came back to church. You know something? God has more in mind for your walk with him than Dr. Fauci. Than President Donald Trump or President Joe Biden. Come on now. These guys are looking at everything through the natural. But the church, the test is the spiritual. Amen. How is this affecting my walk with God? I'm walking with God. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. And when we, when we look around and say, well, I can't go to church because of sickness, uh, hey amen, the, the devil's trying to get your eyes on the natural. Uh, amen, but my God said, I shall supply all your need uh, according to my riches and glory. Hey amen, and if I need healing, my God can heal me. Uh, hey amen, if I need finances, God can give me finances. Uh, hey amen, if I need someone to pick me up for church, God's going to make a way so I can get to church. Well, hallelujah. Now it says here, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Now, this did not say the first day of the week, but it says the day approaching. And so we are assembling ourselves together. So much the more, as you see the day approaching. And so you can look at this as just a day in the week, which we need to do, we need to be in church as much as possible. But I believe that it's also talking about the coming of the Lord. And there needs to be an awareness in our Holy Ghost, awareness in our spirit, and awareness in our walk with God that the Lord could come right now. There should be a fear of God in your walk with God. That God, I want to be right. God, I want to be holy. God, I want to be expecting you. I'm looking for your return. Amen. I know that you're going to come in the eastern sky. You're going to come with clouds. Amen. You say it's the day going to be clear cloudy I know that he's going to come with clouds for his people Jesus Christ is coming back church he's coming he's coming he's coming 
Now, we're to worship. We gather to worship and to meet with our God. To worship Him in spirit and in truth. Jesus, He said to the woman at the well, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. She said, our Father said to worship in this mountain. And the Jews say that to worship, it has to be in Jerusalem. And Jesus immediately said to her, he said, woman, he said, the hour cometh. Amen. Turn there in John 4. He said, the hour cometh and now is. Amen. That true worshipers. Amen. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, and it says here, for salvation is of the Jews. But he said here, but the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. God's not looking for just a location. Because a location by itself uh, is just an empty building. Uh, but he's looking for true worshipers. Uh, he's looking for the church. He's looking for people that are breathing, uh, living, uh, have the Holy Ghost. Uh, they're coming to the house of God. Well, praise God. Shall worship him in spirit and in truth. The natural progression of a church service is prayer, singing and worshiping, bringing our sacrifice to the house of God, and then the preaching, and then the altar. A church service, God's not one-dimensional. We're not one-dimensional. Oh, no. If we were just one-dimensional, we'd be like the animals. I mean, understands it. If you don't, go study the animal kingdom. They're very predictable. Oh, yeah, some of them are very intelligent, but they're still very predictable. God didn't make us that way. God wants us to worship him. To be spontaneous with our worship. Amen. To come to the house of God. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. We're giving a heave offering to the Lord. When you see this in the world at the ball games, you know they stole it from God. Come on, somebody. Man, I saw, I was reading an article the other day, and I thought to myself, I should have written that down. But they were talking about worship. I read an article in the Denver Post. It was at Christmas time. And they, they were all, maybe it was at Thanksgiving. And uh, they, it was for the Denver Broncos. And they showed a man's hand on a football getting ready to snap it. And if it says, if, if you need religion, we've got the church. Or we've got, anyway, it was simply saying, 
Come, come worship with us. And I was like, wow, look at that. But that's why I come to church. I don't have a God that's just 16 weeks out of the year or 150 games or however many basketball games. I don't know. I, I, I'm not up on all that. But I don't serve a God that he has a start and a finish. Amen. That my God, amen, he is the same yesterday, today, forever. He's not going to change. I'm still going to worship God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. Amen. And when I get to six months from now, my God's going to be there. He's already got things prepared. The eye hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man that things that God has prepared for them that love him. Oh, thank God. Amen. That my God's already six months from now. He's already a month from now. He's already ready for tomorrow. But that's why I praise him today. That's why I worship him in the house of God. Acts 4.31. And it says, when they had prayed. Everyone say prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. I've only been in one earthquake that I saw the effects of it. I was standing right behind where you're sitting at, Sister Della Reese. I was talking to somebody after Sunday morning service and it sounded like a bomb went off. I looked up, and those ceiling fans were going like this. How many were here? Sister Barbara remembers it. <laughs> she called me, and she said, Pastor, I think the world just come to an end. I said, yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> Glory to God. The house was shaken. I've been in services where the physical house wasn't shaken, but I've I've been I've been shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hey, Friday night, last Wednesday night, last Sunday, hey, I've been believing God for revival. I've been praying about revival. I've been asking God, shake this church. God, let us have mighty prayer meetings. God, let us have mighty worship services. God, let us see your work. Acts 16, 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Everyone say prayed. And they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. You know what? That prison house became a church house that night. God is great. Greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. The Bible says that it was in stocks. That's how they were lifting their hand. They were lifting their hands in the sanctuary. <laughs> Maybe they had their, to- their tw- toes a-twirling. <laughs> they might as well. They had, their- they had blood running down their backs. 
We'll teach you to preach in Jesus' name. And they had their feet in stocks. They were sitting. If you've never, you've you home tried sit down with your legs straight and bend your hands forward to where your wrists are they're about even with your ankles and you just stay that way for the next 24 hours. The Bible says they were sitting there and you know they were hurting. One of them said, hey, why don't we just sing and praise God? And the Bible says they prayed and they sang praises. Amen. Church, the next thing that happened, I'm trying to teach you something here, that if we'll keep on praying, if we'll keep on seeking the face of God, the Bible says an earthquake came and shook that prison house and shook. Amen. They were loose from their bonds. You know, some of you, the devil's tried to put you into bondage. He's tried to put you into stocks. He's tried to tell you don't worship God. You're not going to worship God. And I would say... I'm going to praise God anyhow. I'm going to lift my voice anyhow. I'm going to pray anyhow. And you know what happened? The house, the prison house was shaken and they started preaching. Hey, you got to get baptized in the name of Jesus. You got to get full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, let's all stand at our feet this morning and lift our hands. Why don't we pray right now? Hallelujah. Come on, every, everyone's bands were loosed. Everybody had deliverance. That night, everybody, amen, got delivered out of their prison cell. Amen, it's not time for the church to sit back in fear, but it's time to lift our voices and sing praises. Come on, lift your hands right now. Oh, do you need a renewing in the Holy Ghost? Come to this altar right now. Oh, there's Holy Ghost renewing. There's Holy Ghost deliverance. Come on, saint of God. Oh, the devil's trying to pull you down, but you need to reach up to a reaching down hand that'll pull you out of those life storms. Oh, hallelujah, come on. It's time to pray. It's time to seek the face of God. Oh, yes, God. Hallelujah. Come on, Apostolic Faith Tabernacle. Come on, let's pray right now. God, I need a brand new touch of the Holy Ghost. Come on, Saint of God. Your answer's at this altar. Your answer's right here. Lift your voice up right now. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I praise your name, Jesus. Come on, let's pray until this house is shaken today. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus.